The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto. Why are you reading like this, Mark? You'll find the most beautiful and affordable public golf course in Ontario. What makes Crosswinds so great? That's a rhetorical question. It's outstanding customer service. It's the million-dollar views. It's the fabulous food and beverages and the terrific practice facilities and the kind and friendly people all over the golf course who want you to have a phenomenal day of golf. Did I mention the golf course, by the way? Championship course, always in pristine condition. Love it, love it, love it. I'm playing there Monday in the uh, customer appreciation day. That's going to be a hoot. And even though it may seem like Crosswinds is a private golf course, it's not. It's public. It's pay as you play. And if you book your tee time online rather than by phone, you'll save $10 per golfer. Such a deal, as my uncle used to say. So what are you waiting for? Christmas? Hanukkah? Rosh Hashanah's coming soon. Go to crosswindsgolf.com, crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tea time, save some dough. And when you get there, make sure you tell them Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, can we please start the podcast? It's time for Hebsey on Sports episode number 301. Hi there, sports fans. Mark Hebsher here in Little Italy. Toronto Mike is in New Toronto, and we're ready for another exciting episode of my podcast. I'm, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a bit of a bitchy mood, is what I wanted to say. It's like when Dan uh, Shulman last night uh, couldn't say Ramirez. Rem- anything in front of the word Ramirez is very difficult to say. I don't. You're if you're a linguist, it's tough. I remember the tennis player Raúl Ramirez. I had to really enunciate that and i couldn't do it i messed it up the first three four times and i think yesterday when dan went to go harold ramirez ramirez is a tongue twister so i'm in a i'm in a bit of i'm in a bit of a bitchy mood today i'm upset i'm angry i'm disappointed but i still love you you got a haircut though i did yesterday looks good looks good not just the haircut i went for the whole deal i went for the shave mike i hadn't shaved in three or four days and uh for whatever reason i was just kind of you know feeling kind of grimy and like literally got off the subway yesterday and like you know went right into my my guy okay yosef is terrific and i just like you know i needed the haircut and i said man can i get a shave today and he was sure and i'm talking the whole deal the hot towel treatment right he does a facial massage that is like, oh, I feel great. So I feel great there, but I'm upset and I'm angry about a few things. Like, yeah, for example, I went off and a lot of people disagree with me last night on social media. Why did John Schneider feel that he had to throw uh, uh, Kevin Gosman out there for 103 pitches? I mean, I would have been fine with the Jays down 4 nothing to McClanahan and that bullpen that's rested and said, okay, we're going to lose this game and get Gosman out of there at 80 pitches. You know, so that when we really need an extra inning out of him or not one more batter in the postseason, that he's there. That we're not going, ah, what did we throw 103 pitches for that? Anyway, we'll get into that story. Uh, Why, um, by the way, why have they postponed three more English Premier soccer matches this weekend, even though the Queen has been dead for, what, a month now? (laughs) What? And also, too, she's not lying in state. The Queen is not lying in state. Her body. Right. Okay, come on. She's no longer with us. Right. But still, three matches. If I'm a Chelsea fan of Liverpool, I'm pissed. Last week you canceled matches, and now you're canceling more matches. Can't have that. Can anyone tell me why 
The fan radio is still even in existence. Stephen Brunt, the greatest of them all, gone. There's a new morning show coming. They bounced the morning guy, but no, he's a podcaster now, I think. I don't, I don't know. even know this. Okay, I'm very interested. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody wants that 9 a.m. time slot for the podcast now, the live podcast, the vodcast, the YouTube, whatever. That's our turf. Yeah. Roger Federer is going into podcasting. He's leaving <laughs> tennis. 41 years of old. Yeah. It's just, you know, what do I need tennis anymore? I've already done what I could do there. Now he's going into podcast. Guaranteed he's going to have a podcast soon. Is he a bigger goat than Serena Williams? And you know what I mean by it when I say that. And speaking of big and goats, Alec Manoa skewers a guy on Twitter so badly the guy had to delete all his social media accounts. Yeah. Because the guy dissed Alejandro guy. Kirk because he body shamed Alejandro <laughs> Kirk, who, who went from first to home in maybe the most viewed video of the year and people commenting on it as he, you know, sprinted his way. And now, of course, he's got a bad hip and who knows? Let's hope. Okay. Oh, I have some insight. That, so that, that mad dash didn't cause the hip injury because oh, if no. that's the case, then. And uh, we're also going to talk about the false advertising surrounding the loony dog. Uh, oh. days at the dump. Complete false advertising. Oh, you guys were there this week, weren't you, Mike? Yeah, I was there. Uh, what was there? Two nights ago. Yeah. yeah by the and way, no you're, stepping, you're stepping on me today like Kirk Herbstreet was stepping on Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football last night. I should open the script here. You're right. I'm flying blind. I'm going to check that out. But I just wanted to tell you that when we get to that story about the guy who deleted his uh, account, uh, I do know that guy. So Here I we to... are. What do you mean when we get to the story? Oh, I thought here it was a whole segment. No, it's, we got, I wanted to know about Looney Dogs, but what do you know about this deal? First of all, background of the story is this play with Kirk and he's, and everyone is like, they're laughing, but they're going, look, look at this guy. We love this guy. Inspirational. And this guy that Mike, you know, knows, uh, tweets something out like it's embarrassing for baseball, whatever, you know, that type of a thing. And Alec Manoa goes after this guy named Matthew and just like, mm, they puts him away. Mike, what's your take on this story? Yeah, that's, that was a dumb tweet by this guy, but this guy's name is Matthew Ross. And, uh, <clears throat> My experience with him goes, I used to jump on his uh, Team 960 in, in Montreal, I think. No, no, no. What's it called? 990? No, 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 no. See, this is the problem we have these days. Yeah. We, we don't even know. I don't think it's the same guy, Mike. I think it's a different guy. It's a different Matthew Ross? Uh, oh, it's a different guy. This guy was on the Team, team um, 690. Okay, that's what I mean. You're yeah. thinking of the Matthew Ross that's on the Team 960. See, there's more than one Matthew Ross out there. This is where the confusion comes. Okay. There's more than one. One of them, one is an idiot, and the other guy is not an idiot. Okay, well, and then I feel bad for the uh, non-idiot because I think a lot of people think they're one and the same. Anyway, the guy from Montreal is 690 is the guy you're talking about here, but okay. I don't think he's a regular guy there. So what? So he tweeted out, so he's done now. He's done in. He'll never work again. Yeah, I know he deleted his account, that's for sure. But yeah, he got hit pretty hard. Almost as hard as you got hit with the uh, no ketchup on uh, a hot dog. Yeah. Yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Are you something. sticking by your guns? Is this your, uh, you're sticking with that? No, no one should ever put ketchup on a hot dog. No, ever, ever. Um, um, Ripley's Believe It or Not, I believe, had the thing saying that, uh, that the National Sausage and Hot Dog Association recommends that anyone over the age of 18 do not put ketchup on your hot dog. I said that they should lower the age to zero. 
you're telling me that your son Jarvis <laughs> yeah. has got is like a hot dog uh, is a ketchup on a hot dog freak. What's all that about? Pepsi, I bought him a twelve dollar foot long. Okay, this was not Looney Day. You got the Looney hot dogs. I got a twelve dollar foot long. He couldn't finish it. I ended up finishing it for him. But <laughs> so much ketchup because little packets right along the tw- the foot long, and he had more ketchup on his face than on his hot dog at the end of this thing. But uh, mustard, he Mike. I like mustard. He likes ketchup because he's no, eight. no. You tell him by the time he's eighteen. He's got to kick the ketchup habit on a hot dog. Kids don't like mustard. mustard. They don't like mustard. I remember not liking mustard as a kid too. What, what was what was it put on that you didn't like mustard? Like it's too spicy, too vinegary, or something. There's something where as a child you want a sweeter, sugary. T- like what taste. did you have it? What was it put on? You see, because oh, some parents will hamburgers. put mustard on the weirdest things. Like you know, <laughs> like, was it on a pretzel? Was it on a hot dog? Was it on a hamburger? Now I'm hungry. Was I think on, under 18, you're allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog. Was it on a versed sandwich on fresh rye bread with Kimmel? Never mind. That's another story. Um, all right. So you guys were at the, you guys were at the dome. You and Jarvis were at the dome, but you weren't there on the loony dog day, no, right? No. So I'm there Tuesday, right? I got tickets and it's Alec Manoa's pitching game one Tuesday. And I, and I get, I, I go on Twitter and I say, oh, no, not pitching. Okay. Stomach flu. First thing I thought of was this mother got into the loony dogs. He got into those dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, yeah. he probably lives next door to the stadium, whatever, went in for a workout. Kind of, Whoa, loony dogs are here. You know, 100,000 because they had a double head or two different games, right? And so he might have gotten into those, and that's what the stomach ate. It wasn't stomach flu. It was like a Babe Ruth thing. Dude had probably, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 of those, you know, three-bite loony dogs. That's what I think happened. Anyway, so we go, and uh, he's not pitching the first game. Okay, it's like you know, a star. I, I forget Merriweather. Meanwhile, people are lined up for these loony dogs, lined up, lined up. And I see these kids, okay, a whole bunch of kids with like a couple of moms. They all got their blue jay outfits on. I think what they skip school today because it's a Tuesday, right? And I see that all the kids have these little pouches, and in the pouches they've got two or four or six or eight loonies like actual loonies right because on the commercial that the kids see here's ace and he's doing tricks for loonies and he's collecting loonies and he's dropping loonies on the counter right and he gets a tray of hot dogs right it's loony day so all these kids have got their loonies but guess what mike I, i know where you're going yeah they don't take cash at the dome, there's no cash. So these kids have all these loonies like Ace on the commercials and they're trying to drop these loonies and these these poor people behind the counters are like, we're very sorry, but we didn't put the commercials together. Wow. You're gonna have to tap. So all these kids now are going tap, tap, tap. It's like a loony, tap, They're tap, tapping tap, the loony. Tap, yeah. tap. And one of the moms says to me that she was like, you know, it, it just didn't occur to her that the Blue Jays would be stupid enough to run a promotion that, if you recall, Mike, originally ran a few years ago when they did accept cash. Right. They did accept cash. I know it because I was with some people and they did. Yeah. They took cash. Right? COVID killed cash, I think, at the uh, the Dome. So, so you're the Blue Jays. All these renovations to the stadium. Every seat is now going to face home plate in the next couple of years. So I don't have to bitch and complain about having to twist my neck to watch the games. But this false advertising, I mean, you're so cheap that you keep bringing, you brought back the old promotion with the same people and you made a couple of edits. 
You don't take cash. You don't take loonies. You don't take toonies. Don't tell people that they can bring their loonies and toonies like your mascot and drop it on the counter and expect hot dogs. Uh-uh. Must have tap. tap Thank mom. you. Tap, mom. Tap. So <laughs> false advertisers. That's one thing with the Blue Jays. Okay. Number two, they won three or five against Tampa. Fabulous. It was exciting. It was great. What do they have? 22,000 people at the game? And people are going, oh, but Tampa's not a draw. It's midweek. No, it's the fucking stadium. Get it through your thick skulls. Who wants to go to a dark, dank? Oh, I know it was raining one night and the dome was closed. And that was great. And then they opened it for the second game. And all, Come on. It's not, a, it's not a fun place to go to. It's not. And for these people who are like, it's the greatest ballpark ever, folks, <laughs> no offense. When I first attended a game at Exhibition Stadium, I had been to other ballparks before. I'd been to Jerry Park in Montreal. I had been to um, Pittsburgh, Forbes Field. I had been to Tiger Stadium in Detroit. Uh, where else have I been to? One other place? Cleveland. I had been to Cleveland's Municipal Stadium. So I had been to other ballparks before, and I knew that Exhibition Stadium was a converted football stadium, was a shit stadium, and a shitty location, but it was ours. I got that. And the atmosphere was wonderful. And when they won their first division, it was terrific. But come on, man, this is 2022. Prices to go to events, you got to have comfort. Man, I'm not talking about a cup holder at every seat, which would be nice. But I'm talking about things that the organization has already recognized, but it's taken them too long to, to um, uh, implement. And I'm not saying to people, oh, I'm not going to go back to that place. And, you know, Hebsey, you're bitching and you're complaining. Have some cheese with that wine. I'm telling you, as someone who has been to many, many, many sporting events in many different venues before, the Rogers Center is not a fun. Could be way more fun. Could be way more fan friendly than it is. And hopefully in two years, when they complete all these renovations, it will be better than it is. But still. When you walk up to the stadium and you want to see action, you want to see baseball, you don't get that when you walk that dome. It's all enclosed. All these other places, it's, you know, from blocks away, you just feel the atmosphere of it. I'm talking about atmosphere. So for those of you who believe that it's the greatest place and when the Jays are winning, it's there's no place greater. Okay, if you say so. But check out some other places and then get back to me, okay? It's like the oh. old adage, you know, he's a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. Well, kind of, but the thing is, is that again, when you talk about it's our piece of shit, Mike. The experience of this is when when all is said and done, and the day is over, and you go, okay, that cost two hundred and twenty five dollars, you know, for the two of us to go and had a drink. It was two hundred twenty five bucks. Was it worth it? And then you you think back to when you went to Cincinnati or Detroit or whatever, and you went, oh man, do you remember that? Yeah, beers were beers were six bucks. The tickets were $25 and were good seats. You know, the place was three quarters full. It was exciting. The monuments were beautiful. The, the, the history, the, the whole atmosphere there was just, you know, more baseball and fun and friendly. And, and all the seats faced, you know, you didn't work craning your, you know, all that. To go to those ballparks and then get back to me. Meanwhile, last night, those of you who went, oh, who the heck is phoning me at this hour? <laughs> That's uh, Shapiro. He wants to talk to you right away. Somebody, <laughs> okay, <laughs> folks. I'm sorry. It was my 90 year old father. Oh, well, that's important. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's going. You know, oh my God, my son's got a podcast right now. I should, I won't be phoning him. Just didn't think that one. Anyway, 
Imagine going to yesterday's game. Like, ah, baby, you know, we're flying, baby. 11-0. They lose 11 to nothing. And they might have lost Alejandro Kirk as well. Because that first-to-home sprint the other night, which made it to every highlight reel in the world, which caused some idiots to uh, body shame Alejandro Kirk. Guess what? Ever since then, I haven't seen him. Sat out the last two games. Left hip tightness. Last year, 60-day IL. Remember? Left hip injury. Do you recall? Yes, I do. All right, so I'm just saying. It was great to see him run. Like, run, 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 run. It was great, but... but. You go to a lot of games. You go to a lot of games. I'm worried now. I told you I was worried about Springer before. I'm worried about Gosman's arm. Yeah, I am. I am, because this has happened before. Because a couple of years ago, Charlie Montoya was like, okay, Matt Shoemaker, you go in there for four innings and then we'll try you. We'll try you because he didn't, because guys' arms were falling off because he didn't know what to do with the pitching staff. And John Schneider hasn't proven to me. I mean, he's doing a wonderful job, I'm sure. But I mean, come on, man. You, you, you know, you have to be looking at that playoff series, whether you're playing all three games at home, if it's a, if it goes three games, whether you get the number one wild card or whether you're going on the road to Cleveland or who knows Chicago now, or, or you're playing Tampa or Seattle, it doesn't matter. It's all about setting up that rotation so that you get max that your pitchers, those guys, those starting pitchers are in the best possible shape. And I just, to me, I just didn't feel that with the Jays losing four to nothing against McClanahan, who's lights out this year guy might win the freaking Cy Young uh and uh and then the arrested bullpen I just thought okay that you're gonna lose some games and I give up on this one now get Gosman out of there get him out of there I know it's a bullpen day today I get that but come on man if you needed to and said to Zach Pop Zach I need 50 pitches out of you in three innings because I can't waste the rest of the bullpen if you got to go up to uh you know Cliff Pennington or whoever you know, is the last guy, you know, Minifield and say, hey, can you pitch an inning for me? And it comes down to that. Give up the game. Okay. Give it up. Just, you know, say, look, no more, but don't, 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 don't make your starter. The guy that's going to be your number two starter in the playoff in game two. Don't make him throw 103 pitches. Okay. So why do you do that? Like, what, what do you think he was thinking? Because he's thinking, because he's thinking like all these other words, it's a bullpen. You got to rest the bullpen. Got to rest. Well, that's bullshit. Got to rest the bullpen. Your most precious commodity is your starting pitcher. You cannot have your starting pitcher starting the playoff series and his arms about to fall off. It's like, you know, geez, I wish we wouldn't have thrown him those extra 20 pitches that day back on September 15th, a couple of weeks ago. Right. He didn't come out of it so well. Remember he gave up the home run that made it five, nothing. And then no, man, he's been great. Okay. Rest him. This is your horse. This is your guy. Okay, so what if Zach Pop gets hit for and the rest of the bullpen? What's the di- it ended up being 11 nothing anyway. What's the difference? That's all I'm saying. What's the difference? So now you got Kirk's hip and you got maybe Gosman's arm and uh, hopefully not. But I don't like this, man. I mean, you rest your best guys, all right? If you're going to lose, you're going to lose. It's like George Springer. Why, why is he putting George Springer uh, out in center field with a four relief? He doesn't need to. That's why he uses Bradley Zimmer or Jackie Bradley Jr. Same thing with your pitchers. Man, come on. If you're taking Springer out so you can rest him, why wouldn't you do the same with Gosman? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, 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 so 80, you know, 75, 80 pitches. So what if it's the fifth inning? Big deal. 
You know, that's why you have mop-up guys in the bullpen. That's why you have guys who say, look, man, just eat up some innings. And if you give up a bunch of runs, so what? Big deal. So we lose 11 nothing. So how did they end up working out? Tonight, the Jays game against Baltimore is on Apple TV, which means no Dan, no Buck, no Hazel, no Arash, but instead a couple of nobodies and that strange, shitty music, that mind-numbing music that they play between innings that you can't get away from Apple TV. You fucking want to strangle them. Let's hope Kirk's in the lineup. Let's hope today's bullpen day doesn't turn out to be another disaster. How did you guys like the game? What game did you go to? Which one? So we won 5-1. Right. The Wednesday, uh, Wednesday game. We saw Vladdy's 100th career home run. Is that significant? <laughs> no, but I made it like a big deal for the eight-year-old. Right? 100 home runs for because Langer. Oh, my God. 100 is not significant. Don't you remember but the last time a Blue Jay hit his 100th career home run? Wasn't that exciting? Who was that again? But Hebsey, here's the difference. This is the youngest Blue Jay to hit his 100th home run. So that little added caveat makes it interesting to me. Okay. Like this is the youngest Blue Jay to hit 100 home runs. I guess. Who was the previous youngest Blue Jay to hit 100 home runs? Oh, shit. I don't know. Carlos Delgado? I can't remember. I have to I Google that one. Probably, yeah. Probably. Or Fred McGriff, maybe. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, one of those two. I think they were 20. They were in their age 26 year. And they hit their 100th home run with the Blue Jays. And Vladdy is in his age 23 year. That's okay. some. Those are things that we kind of forget about. He's 23. He's 23. I know. Think of how much better he is now than he was when he was 21. And he was pretty good when he was 21. Imagine so how when, good he'll be when he's 25 or 26. Right. No, it's a good, good times. And I, uh, we'll talk more about Vladdy in a moment. But just to tell you, the one thing about, because you go to a lot of baseball games, so you might get yourself an 11 nothing loss now and then, but you'll also pick up, you know, a 5-1 win, right? Like, But when you're yeah. bringing the 8-year-old, who, by the way, his last game, he was 3 years old, so he doesn't remember it. So this is essentially like his first Blue Jay game, okay? I'm My thought is like, please... Don't let this be an 11 nothing drubbing. Like, you don't know what you're going to get, so you show up at the game. Now, we got the 5-1 win. We got to see Vladdy hit a homer the second batter of the game. Uh, or the first, yeah, first inning anyway. But uh, it's kind of like you think how close you came to having him sit through the 11 nothing loss. Like, it's such a crapshoot. You're, but you're, you're, you're thinking this is what... This is how I'd feel if I was his age and I was in an 11 right. nothing game. You'll feel bad that he's not seeing an exciting game. Right, but he's the, looking uh, at, run. but he's looking at it through a completely different I, lens, though, right? I know, so I he know. may be observing other things about the game as opposed to just the moment of always. You know, there's other things, right. and like you know, he's he's eight. He's I know. looking around, going, oh, I know. "That's a You're cool right. T-shirt that that guy's wearing." Oh, I like that. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember looking at the size of the first base coach, the first game I ever went to at Maple Leaf Stadium. And the and just remember the number twenty three for for Buffalo, and I just remember going, oh my god, Dad, look at the size of this guy. He was so big that you I couldn't see, like past him to see what was going on at first base. Like every time a, a, a guy got from where we were sitting, every time the shortstop or third baseman threw a runner out at first, yeah, I couldn't see the ball going into the first baseman's glove because this huge, huge first base coach. I found out later the guy's name was Luke Easter. And he was a pretty good ball player. And my dad says, oh, no, Lou Keister, because Keister is like Yiddish for you're behind, your rear end. And they called him Lou Keister. His name was Luke <laughs> Keister. But he was a big, like to me, a kid. Yeah. He was huge. Yeah. <laughs> and he just was in the way. Anyway. Too funny. Um, I, I, I'm glad, we though, the one thing is uh, I did give him this exciting talk up before the game that if the Jays hit a homer, there's going to be fireworks and everything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when Vladdy hits it out in the first inning, I'm like, okay, now it doesn't matter. Like, we can lose 11 to 1 because uh, I told him he could get fireworks of a right. homer and that happened. So, yeah. Right. 
And you see, when I see this happen and he hit his hundredth, I immediately wait to hear if on the broadcast, and this isn't up to the announcers, it's up to the producers to say, all right, we've got hero notes ready. We're waiting for Vladdy to hit his 100th home run. And when he does, we have this board already that has, you know, fastest to 100 home runs or number of Blue Jays that have hit 100 home runs and where Vladdy stands or something like that, right? And a lot of times they don't have it because they don't have time to put that up there or, you know, it interrupts the flow of the game or they let Dan and Buck say, hey, that's 100 home runs for Vladdy and he's the youngest ever to do it. And, you know, of course, the all-time Carlos Delgado has more home runs in a Blue Jay uniform than anyone else, but Vladdy's only whatever. Right. So if I don't see it in five minutes, like, you know, the statistical goof me goes, wait a second, let's put that down. Let me put that on Twitter just so I can put it out there because I want context. I'm so interested in context because I would have as a kid gone a hundred. That's pretty good. Like, has anyone else done it? Dad or dad? Like, um, is he the youngest to do it? Or, you know, dad, how many other guys have hit 100 home runs? And like, you know, that would be the way I would think. And so because of that, I have to be the one, I guess, in a lot of cases to say, wait a minute, I've got some context here. You know, a lot of it is me showing off. Well, the other is me just being inquisitive, saying, wait a second, Buck, you just said that. I mean, two days in a row, you know, Buck says, you know, it's another double for Bo Bichette. That's 40 doubles. And my first thing is, is that is that good? Like, is that near the league lead? Like the next words out of his mouth has to be, here's only two behind Jose Ramirez for the league lead in doubles. And he's only five behind Freddie Freeman for the major league lead in doubles. What a story that is. Bo Bichette, who two weeks ago was given up for dead. But instead, Buck just went, he just sort of looked at his notes and went, that's 40 doubles for Bo. And, and about 30 seconds later, uh, or even less, Dan Shulman is jumping in because he's got the stats right there. He's like, boop, boop, boop. And so Dan Shulman then, you know, without, you know, making Buck look bad, but, just, you know, sort of adding saying, sure. you know, um, Freddie Freeman's the leader with 45 and uh, he's now, Bo's now tied with Jose Ramirez. That's significant. That's context. That's what I want. Uh, so Vladdy, if he signs, like he seems to be agreeable, according to a couple of sources here that uh, through uh, one of the Spanish language uh, uh, broadcasters or, or journalists says that Vladdy is agreeable. He's like, yeah, he, he, he wants to be a Blue Jay. He's, he's willing to sign it. So now I'm like, whoa. So what do we do here, Mike? He wants to stay. We want him. What are you thinking? Seven years? Seven years takes him to his age 31 season. Don't Seven you do years, whatever it takes? Like, you do what you have to do, right? You got to lock this guy up. This is your guy, right? Yeah. Like, this guy in Manoa, these are your guys. These are your, this is the future. This is your stud starting pitcher and your numero uno ball player, first baseman of the future. So I'm thinking seven years, 245 million. If you're Vladdy, do you take it? So remember, that's 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 three years of art, two years of ARB eligible and then into free agency. No, three years before he's ARB eligible, free agency to 27. Yeah. You got to pay him big for the three arbitration eligible seasons, big. And then you got to pay him even bigger for his free agent seasons. Seven years, 245. That's what I would offer. Okay. Uh, Can't put a dollar value on Roger Federer. But you could put a like a human value on him. Probably 
because we knew that he was going to retire someday. And using the word greatest, of course, is the most overused word in the English language. I can prove that. I wrote a book called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Right. And greatest has turned into goad, and I get all that. But Roger Federer's next and final match will be during the Labor Cup uh, next week. And then that's it. Okay. Might step on the court for the odd exhibition. That'd be tough. So he says he's retiring at the age of 41. Now, we've heard this before. Serena Williams, even when she said she was retiring, said she might not be retiring and then went on Phil Donahue this week or Oprah, I forget what show. <laughs> she was on Sally Jesse Raphael saying that, well, maybe I won't retire after all. Because Tom Brady retired and unretired, because Brett Favre retired and unretired, because just about everybody who has retired has unretired. So the word doesn't mean anything. But I think it does with Roger Federer. I don't have to tell you how amazing a player he was, you know. And it's kind of hard to believe that he's 41, but he is. And when you think that he burst onto the scene back in the late 1990s, early 2000s, and won 20 Grand Slams, which included a record eight Wimbledon titles, this guy exuded class, dignity, poise, professionalism, wicked sense of humor helpful not a blemish on this guy and fathered two sets of twins <laughs> mike i know you can appreciate this <laughs> this guy among uh, i'm trying to think of any other athlete this more like a performer okay so so when mike wherever michael buble goes in the world they love him right yes wherever acdc plays in the world they love them, right? Yes. You too. Name a band, name a performer. Every, that's Roger Federer. Wherever he went in the world to play tennis, he was the favorite. He was the loved one. Even if there was a local there that they, no, it's feds. So that's, he was a rock star in that regard. No matter where he went, you wanted to see Roger Federer. He was the, you, I never cheered against Roger Federer ever. Okay, I like Nadal, and I, you know, but I could never root against him. I had to root for him because I thought he was like fantastic. And listen to this: this guy played almost two thousand professional matches, singles and doubles, and never retired from a match. Wow. Never walked off. Never. Wow. How many other players can say? How many other goats, quote unquote, can claim that feat that they never? Ended the match by walking off, by forfeiting, leaving with an injury, whatever it was. They were getting their ass kicked and they said, I'm quitting. Roger Federer never retired from a match. And when you consider that he had to play Nadal and Djokovic and, and oh my God, all those years, banging heads with two, the other two greats of all time. Okay. At any point during the history of tennis, never were three players. I don't care, men's, women's, double singles, never were three players that good, that close. You know that. Look at all those years. Who won the majors? Those three guys. One there for Andy Murray. You know, there's a U.S. Open for Del Poitro there. Okay, <laughs> right? But come on, phenomenal. So good, good on him, Feds. He's awesome, man. He's awesome. 
Speaking of royalty, even though Queen Elizabeth II passed away over a week ago, things are still pretty hairy in England. Now I get it. I get it. But I don't get it. All English Premier Soccer matches were postponed last weekend. Well, come on. The Queen died. You can't play soccer. Well, you guys can have your golf tournament over there, sure, because, you know, it was already going. And you, can, and you can do those performances at the London Philharmonic, but no, 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 no soccer. Because we need all those cops and all those security people that would be at the soccer matches. We need them for the Queen's procession, right? From here to there, and then lying over there, and then everybody filing by. Uh, I don't mind waiting 17 hours and walking eight and a half kilometers to view the Queen's body. Come on, man, what's going on here? This weekend, three more English Premier Soccer matches postponed. Thank God Spurs are playing Leicester and that game is on. Thank God. But I'll tell you right now, I would be super pissed if I'm a Chelsea fan or a Liverpool fan because that game's out. Or if I'm a Man U fan or I'm a Leeds United fan, I'm pissed because that game's been postponed. And if I'm a Brighton fan or I'm a Crystal Palace fan, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm pissed anyway. Because you got a compressed schedule anyway. You got the World Cup anyway. Now, woo, the Queen is still dead. We can't have these matches. We need those security personnel and those police officers. We need them to guard the Queen's body. Fuck, man. How long, how long do you mourn a monarch after passing? 11 days. It'll be 11 days until she's laid to rest. The whole world has to stop. All of England has to stop. That's a long time to mourn. I'm just saying, man, I'd be pissed if my team was canceled second week in a row because a 96-year-old monarch passed away. It's a British thing. What say you? I say that uh, from Canada, where we sit right now, it's tough to understand. But I think in Britain, if you think about the 70 years she reigned. I got it, Mike, but how long? How long? I think they, I know, that body's got to get in the ground. I'm with you. I know, I know. How long? After Monday, things go back to normal. I tell you this right now: If the Queen were Jewish, she'd have been in the ground within forty-eight hours. We'd be sitting shiva. Life would go on. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> NFL action last night was on Amazon Prime. More people are streaming now, officially fifty-one to forty-nine percent, according to latest figures. More people are streaming live sports. So last night, the debut on Amazon Prime, TSN picks it up. Mike, how does that work? TSN like streams it and then sends it to you. <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 honest to God, like it's, it's, it comes from Amazon Prime. It's a streaming service. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. How does an over-the-air television station take a street? Like, I guess they just get permission to take. I guess the feed the, once they have permit, yeah, they just they have the feed and they just right, right. Yeah. So, 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 that. so, so the originating the originator is a streaming service, but it can be put onto broadcast television. Exactly. Exactly. Quite, quite simply. Yeah. Very okay. easy. All right. Anyway, uh, the KC Chiefs beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I was going to say San Diego. <laughs> and I was going to call the KC Chiefs the Dallas Texans. Woo! That's a throwback. Been, been, <laughs> that's a good one. Eh? Um, and, that's in fact, and in fact, the Chargers, I think the Chargers did start as the Los Angeles Chargers, moved to San Diego, and then were there for like 40 years and then moved back. Anyway, um, so the final was 27-24 for Casey, and it was on Amazon Prime with people I again, who are these people? Um, except for Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. And Kirk kept stepping all over Al like the two had never met each other before. That's like us today. Yeah, it was a bit different. The two of them were sitting next to each other. You and I are in faraway places. Anyway, the Monday Nighter. 
Features the Buffalo Bills looking to move to 2-0 against the Tennessee Titans in Buffalo. Orchard Park will be wild Monday night. Bills favored by nine and a half. In local media, the yes. Fan 590 looks like it'll be making some more changes. Stephen Brunt is out. Did you hear anything about that, Mike? Well, I actually had Gare Joyce over yesterday, and Gare and uh, Stephen Brunt got told at the same in the same wave of layoffs, like cost-cutting. They were notified in July so although we just learned, you know, Gare emptied his uh, office yesterday at Sportsnet. Yes. Uh, Stephen Brunt made. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Gare had a. Yeah, he had a desk and stuff <laughs> pre-pandemic. <laughs> I think he would go to the office. So he had to clear out his stuff. He did that yesterday. No way. Yeah. Fuck, man. So they were told in July that uh, their they contracts were, told were June or whatever. Right. They were told they were done. Yeah. And right. then. Yeah. So. So there. So. So Gare and Stephen were were they they were part of the original when they were doing publishing stuff like they wrote yeah, for when the they website had the magazine. and they wrote for the magazine well, before that and all that. The magazine was going to be a big deal, you might recall, yeah. and it didn't last particularly long. But so there were a lot of writers brought in for the magazine. Interesting about Brunt, and I know you'll talk more about Brunt, but uh, like we know him now, he's a radio guy. But Brunt's such a good writer; it's amazing how little writing he did for Sportsnet over those last few years at Sportsnet. Like that's because nobody reads; people aren't reading stuff off of websites the way what they had hoped that they would. Do you know what I mean? And that's exactly why Gare is no longer employed there. It's too he bad. didn't even have the radio part; he was just the writer, and there was no one reading. It's too bad. I do. And Gary's got something on Substack now, which is wonderful. It's deep reads, though, man. Like I said, you got to if you love to read, this is the type of stuff I devour. But, you know, most people are like, you know, give me the headlines in a little bit and then I'm moving on anyway. So um, so the morning show used to be and I, I listened a couple of times. I couldn't distinguish who was who. J.D. Bunkus, uh, um, Blake Murphy and Elish uh, uh, Fulfar. OK. Um, and now J.D. Bunkus, they, uh, he announced, J.D. Bunkus announced this on his own, I guess, you know, and I follow J.D. Bunkus. He's going to now host a podcast uh, every morning at 9 a.m. on the Fan 590. So it's gonna, it's a podcast, So, but it's on the radio. So uh, can you explain that to me? Well, the thing that gets me is why are you listening to the recording of their podcast where unlike us, where we go, you know, you do a live read for uh you know, a great crosswinds golf course, but there's no, we don't stop down for an ad break, but I'm sure if they're recording this podcast at 9am, the fans going to run ads like commercial breaks. Like, wouldn't you rather just listen to the podcast or am I crazy here? Mike, I don't know. Where you can pause it and you can start it when you're ready to go for your run or your walk or whatever, or your bike ride. And it, anyway, this whole idea that you'd want to listen to it on the radio where they'll put in these big fat ad breaks is ludicrous to me. Ludicrous. I haven't heard some, you know, I, I think I'm going to listen to after this podcast, I'm going to put some ludicrous on. <laughs> you, I'm, yeah. just, I'm feeling like it. <laughs> He's a good actor uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like him. He's awesome. Um, anyway, back to this morning. So, so I haven't listened. I mean, I do listen sometimes when I'm in the car, it's, you know, I'll punch it in. And most times I just, I don't know who I'm listening to. They don't identify themselves. It just sounds like people are going through the motions. I don't hear a lot of you know, emotion and a lot of, I don't know what it is, but I don't know who I'm listening to in a lot of cases. So I had listened to this morning show a few times. They were talking about betting. They were getting deep, deep into betting. Of course. You know, like, you know, I was betting at halftime and the live odds changed and sort of all this type of thing. But anyway, so these three are, I guess, split up, I guess, because he's, or unless he's going to do the morning show, then he's going to have his own podcast at nine o'clock. I don't know. But I guess this is like they're going to shuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic again because they're adding, according to some people, somebody else is rumored to be moving into that morning show. 
and someone else might be leaving or might not be leaving. And so I, Mike, I figured out that's 47 different morning show <laughs> combinations on the fan. <clears throat> 47 that I can come up with 47 different morning show combinations. How many can you come up with? Can anyone name me? What do you want me to do this? Are you serious? No, 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 not, not now. I'm just saying, think about okay. this. Drop them down if you want. Maybe there's some combinations that people have forgotten about. Right? Is 47 a real number? Because it seems high to me. Is that true? 47? No, you're just making up a number. No, no. no. Okay. I could probably name about 20. I don't know about 47. No, but but... 47. To... Now, again, this is this is this was a morning show, let's say, that started with two people. They added a third person, right? They went yeah. back to something else. But I'm sure. talking about the way the morning show was, you know, how it was, you know, announced as. Who right. are the hosts of the morning show? Four, right. I got 47. Okay. I got 40. I will, offline, I will do my best because I'm, I think I'd be take pretty Take your time. Out. Take the weekend. Take the rest of the month. It doesn't matter. To me. But I have questions. I have questions. But I know. I can tell you that starting with, okay, Mike Inglis and Joe Bowen. Right. Okay. And I'm just talking about when they became the fan. Right. Forget about before that. So you want to go all the way ago. back in the history of that the frequency. Oh, even more. Uh, tennis Montreal, Jeannie Bouchard. Oh, you're done with a fan? What? I was going to talk a bit more just to understand. So, I, and tell me if you don't know, but so Sprunt says he's gone. Brunt is no longer with Sprunt. Uh, Stephen Brunt. Stephen Sprunt. <laughs> yeah, Brunt's gone, but what was Brunt? I'm like, you know what? what, what he, he was, was with. Go he ahead. was with Ben Ennis. Yes. Who used to be with J.D. Bunkus. Right. And they did the afternoon show. Who took over for Greg Brady and, mm, let me think about, no, wait, um, maybe. Oh, God, I can't remember. Scott MacArthur. Oh, Scott MacArthur. MacArthur. Right. who threaded me on Instagram. I'll never forget that. Guy. Right, 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 right. And now, see, now we're getting, okay, anyway, what did you want to know? What was your question? All right, so Brunt's gone. Do we Brunt's know gone. who's, so Brunt's gone. Yeah, it's a true fact. So Ben Ennis, do I, because I thought, well, maybe they'll put Bunkus back beside Ennis, because that's sort of like, not that they call it that, but it's like the primetime sports sort of. But can you do that, Mike? Can you put someone back together with someone when they've been split up before? What is that like? Of course. Well, I mean, you can do oh, that. Oh, really? Of course. You're speaking from experience here. <laughs> I happen to know it's very difficult oh. to have a connection with someone, work with that person, be split up from that person, and then get back together with that person. Well, Brunt and McCowan did it, and Cox and McCowan did it. Like this happened all the time. And right? how did that go? That was all right. I don't know. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. No, but I mean, what? I mean, I'm just saying. Did it? Did it end up being fruitful? Did the second run was it long and fruitful? Great decision made. I, oh, not I don't that recall. long. Not that long. Nothing. Oh, okay. Long. Okay. So changes are that's the business we're in. Anyway, so go I on. Just uh, we don't know yet who's going to be with Ennis in this time slot. No, Maybe we go solo. Yet. And a solo, really? Okay. That would be, okay. I, the only way someone would go solo, like Ben Wagner, is to save money. Now, do you think the people at Rogers Communications want to save money? This is the question, Mike. Not, are we going to put great programming out there? Well, of course they do. That's why Brunson. Do they want to save money? Right. And just go over all the decisions they've made with regards to personnel, all of them. And I'm going to include traveling, you know, with their broadcasters, you know, or their, bro I think Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph are going on the road this year with the Leafs. I think the only reason that they could afford that is if they got rid of Brunt and they got rid of, you know, but think about it. It's like the bean counters are going, you can't, Joe and Ralphie can't travel unless this happens. Right. Okay. And then the bean counter goes, oh, that's easy. 
Scare Dan's Joyce. Stupid. Scare Joyce. Stephen Brett. Right. Like <laughs> probably that simple. But you know, I'm knowing, knowing a little bit about a bit about budgets and not, I, I, trust me, Bean Counter goes. We can't afford it. Well, what if this happens? Well, then we can afford it. Remember the scene in the movie Moneyball, when when what's his name Jonah gets on the phone. And he says, well, he would like to do this, but uh, can he have the money for next year if he does that? And, and he's waiting. And then they're going, well, OK, like that kind of thing. And they go, yeah, beautiful. Way to go. They, we did it. We shuffled the budget around. Right. OK, because right. it's unfair for Jim Ralph and Joe Bowen to not be in Pittsburgh when the Leafs are in Pittsburgh. Oh, come on. You know, okay. that OK, that was Stan, notwithstanding we, this, this fan 590 lineup, if you compare it to like what was going on even 15 years ago like it seems like they've given up and i'm wondering like why do they bother to continue with their sports radio station well, because they now have to turn it into a uh, an audio platform that uh, is easily accessible or more accessible to people and live listening to live radio in the car or whatever just not as many not as many people it doesn't have to be live i could listen to that the way like the show you know, wh- whatever time you're listening to the show, if it's live, that's great. But I, there's, you know, right. unless there's breaking news here that you've got to have, you've got to know what's going on at 9:45 in the morning. What's happening in the Eugenie Bouchard match? Right. If you need to know, you know, I'll just tell you right now. Tell you right now, she wins the first set six-one. She kills her opponent. Okay, it's now suspended. Mm-hmm. Suspended. Why? You know, you used anyway, to be angry when I gave the you second, real-time updates. No, I'm just like telling that. you that if you were listening for a live thing at 9:45. I happen to notice that she won the first set 6-1 and lost the second set 6-4 and is down three love in the third set and it's suspended. I don't know why. Maybe it's the weather. <laughs> but but if it doesn't matter to you, then you can listen anytime you want, okay? I don't, I don't, if people are listening to the podcast going, oh, for crying out loud, this happened hours ago. <laughs> they're not. They're right. just not. But you're right. They're not going to listen if there's commercials sitting there all the time. <sighs> um, all right. There you go. Um, so did that answer your question about the phone? Well, no, it didn't I, answer. I we have know, more I don't questions. Know what there's, I don't know. I, I'm not programming the radio station. I'm not Rogers. I'm not, how much money can we save? But you know, this Mike, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You're not going to turn around suddenly and say, all right, radio's back. <laughs> right. We're going to grab Derringer to do the morning show. Oh, no. The ghost of Pat Marsden, bringing McCowan back in the afternoon with Cox, Mike Stelic, Richards, Landry, yeah. Richard, we're bringing them all back. Delic. All of them. Okay? No. Okay? All right, I ben, wish him luck. Ben Wagner, but... yes. Ben Wagner can afford to go on the road now that we've gotten rid of Brent. And I hate, and I, I apologize for saying gotten rid of, but this is the way. Yeah, it's cost-cutting. And I'm going to tell you this another thing, folks. Trust me when I tell you this, okay? That these people that are running these broadcasting organizations, these people are ruthless. They don't give a shit about you. They care about their own jobs. And a lot of them hate their fucking jobs too. They hate them. They hate having to fire people and tell them that they're not going to. They're villains. All of them are villains. And they're working under a corporate structure where their hands are tied, where they have to do this to save their own asses. It's fucking dog eat dog out there. It is. And not just in broadcasting. Only I know from broadcasting, but I, I know people that are in other businesses. It's shit out there. And people are just not enjoying themselves. I'm glad I got out of the business. I, I enjoyed it up to a certain point, but it doesn't seem as enjoyable now to me. Shuffling the decks. Why, you know, remember I told you the discussion I had with a program director years ago. He says, Hepsi, I'm, I don't know if my pass card is going to work when I go into the building every day. And that's no way to live, man. No way to live. 
In golf, Brooke Henderson shot a 468 at the Portland Classic in Oregon. Is it Oregon or Oregon? Doesn't Oregon. Matter. Oregon. She's three shots off the lead. Veteran Elena Sharp of Hamilton. Is it Hamilton or Hamilton? <laughs> also at Hammer. Bar. The men are playing in the Fortnite Championship in Napa, California. First round play was suspended. Canada's Nick Taylor tied for sixth after posting a 500 par score. Adam Svensson came in at minus four. Corey Connors minus two. Mackenzie Hughes minus two. Taylor Pendrith minus one. Michael Gligic from Burlington is at plus three. Speaking of Burlington and golf, have you checked out Crosswinds Golf and Country Club? It's beautiful. I'm playing there on Monday in uh, uh, Customer Appreciation Day. Could have a real good time there. Uh, and have not played there in a while. I understand it's in beautiful, pristine condition. Uh, Mark and his staff have done a wonderful job, as always. It's been a pretty dry summer. You know, the pond levels are down, but the course is in immaculate shape, and I can hardly wait to go. You should check it out, crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time online. If you do so, you save uh, $10 per golfer, which is a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. You're going to get your kids into golf, Mike? Wasn't planning on it, Hebsy man. What about disc golf? I see them playing it on the waterfront trail there by the lake. There's a what about soccer? Soccer golf? Soccer golf? No, ever seen that? Uh, no, that's the best, man. You know so, what I have noticed picked up since you mentioned it? I now see it all the time. Is pickleball? Oh yeah, like pickleball. it's having a real moment. Pickleball. But the, the problem with pickleball is people are upset. Neighbors in neighborhoods are upset because the constant sound of the thwacking of the ball off the paddle right. uh, annoys a lot of like local residents. So they're having like the sound, you get used to the sound of a tennis ball being hit. It's a much softer sound, right? But the yeah. clop, 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 the right? Back and forth, back and forth. And especially right. in pickleball, it's doubles. It's just fast. It's wah, 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 at the net. And people, so people are complaining. Noise pollution, again. <laughs> like motorcycles are going off, like you're revving your Harley Davidson, stuff like that. Right. Uh, before we go, Mike, Yeah. more problems for Hockey Canada. These are things we can't overlook. And thank goodness we have um, Rick Westhead and the, and the likes at uh, TSN doing tremendous journalism, something that Sportsnet should be doing, Rogers should be doing. But of course, they don't have Stephen Brunt or Garrett Joyce, you know, good reporters like that. You got to pay for a Rick Westhead. Got it. So anyway, Hockey Canada has acknowledged that there is a third sexual assault allegation. And they've taken it to an independent third party that will decide if it will be investigated. If it'll be investigated. Because no charges have been laid. Uh, and no complaints. There hasn't been a complaint. Hockey Canada was informed of a potential situation that we took seriously and immediately sent it to the independent third party. Hockey Canada has not received a formal complaint, said a spokesperson. Ottawa area lawyers Aaron Durant and Brian Ward have been retained and will have the authority to pursue a formal investigation should they find one is warranted. This is very disturbing, Mike. Uh, this, uh, these lawyers are serving in a similar capacity with the allegations of sexual assault involving Hockey Canada at the 2003 World Juniors in Halifax. And Hockey Canada has been under scrutiny since May when news broke of an event in 2018 in London, Ontario, which involved eight unidentified players including members of that year's world junior team and the subsequent settlement. All of this Mike, and us finding out the taxpayers finding out that our taxpayer dollars that went to ha hockey Canada, supposedly for the development and improvement of the game 
in Canada among Canadians actually was funneled into a secret fund to pay off allegations such as these. That's where the money was used. All of that going on. Now Hockey Canada, now there's a third incident. What do you think? A couple of thoughts and I want your take on this. But uh, firstly, is I'm a little confused by all this. Like when there's a sexual assault, doesn't it, isn't that a police matter? Like, when, if there's if if there's been a formal complaint, right? Yeah, I mean, police, you have to report. I mean, it how does well? I mean, how did how did the police find out that there may have there was an that there might may have been an assault? Were if the yeah, police the, are informed, the victim reports it to the police. Then they investigate. If they investigate and find that there was no sexual assault, or there was no witness, or there was no complainant, they then whoever made the original phone, like someone could have called from a payphone or a payphone. Listen to me. Someone could have called and said, "Look, there was an assault going on." I, but anyway, now you've got to go back to the original, you know, in police investigation. What happened? Why were there charges laid? Were they dropped? Or, you know, did the complainant uh, uh, write, write out a formal statement? It seems like that. Like we always hear Hockey Canada investigating this and that. Like Hockey Canada is not the police. Like I feel no. like we need to, if there's been a crime committed, any crime committed, right. that's why we have police. We report it, they investigate, and then they, they press charges, et cetera, and then it goes to court, whatever. Yeah. And then the second thing is this board that seems to be like refusing to step down. Like, don't 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 they have to step down for Canada to and you know and, and become more transparent? Well, no, no, no. The board votes. The board would vote as to whether the chairman of the board, the CEO, I guess, should step down. And the board, I guess, voted that he doesn't have to, shouldn't step down. Oh. So I don't know how that works. That to me is sort of like yeah, it's sort of like the HR department at work. Like you're going, oh, you just go to HR and they'll look after everything. And you're going, fucking HR is under the fucking thumb of management. Right. How could you think anything else? Right. How could you possibly think that that person sitting in the building of the company that you work for is independent and not an employee of the company? Right. I mean, that's bullshit. So to me, that's sort of like, oh, it's HR. They'll, everything will be okay. Hockey Canada is like HR. I don't know what I mean. But now the government, there has to be, they have to, be two separate entities here or and if the government is looking after hr or hockey canada then they got to make changes and they got to admit that this is fucked up and it's under their you know um umbrella that the ministry whichever ministry it is st Owens, what is it ministry of amateur sport no ministry of heritage ministry right where does this all stand anyway it's uh it's bad it's a clusterfuck man it's bad and it makes it is it, a clusterfuck makes all these junior hockey not just junior hockey players think of hockey can uh, was there no buzz for the women's world um championships you know doesn't that come under hockey canada uh any event that takes place in canada hockey canada is involved to the nth degree uh, all these young players that are part of the development program that part of the national teams and, and i'm also talking about hockey canada also represents us in the Paralympics, as right. well as the Olympics. I mean, you're talking about many levels. I mean, to be associated with anything called Hockey Canada, to me, is like, I don't know, like being the guy from My Pillow, that jerk off. Like, imagine if you yeah, work for that company. Right. You work for that company. That guy was your bond. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> People are like, you're looking at you going, don't, don't you work for My Pillow? Ugh. That's like, oh, you work for Hockey Canada? So, right. you know, time to change, time for a whole scrub. Right. How about we just change the name of Hockey Canada to something else and just get rid of the logos? Man, this is just, you know, this is terrible. 
that this went on. And the other thing is, if something happened in 2003, yeah. 20 years ago, and it hasn't been resolved, or, or, or people are still living with that, the woman who was involved and, and the guys, the junior players that were allegedly, you know, and there is, you know, video evidence. It has been scrubbed, but people have seen it. Uh, that's just really disturbing to me that something, you know, immediately isn't being done. And, and plus all these calls for resignation. It's like Trump down there. Like, when are you going to arrest Trump? It's like, when are you going to fuck? When are you going to blow up Hockey Canada? What the fuck is taking so long? How many different, how many files do we have to find? How many more lies or how many more, um, you know, uh, um, uh, stories have to come out that should have come out a long time ago and, and didn't? Are we going to hear about it? This is unbelievable. How much more is out there? That's the part that bothers me the most. You uncover, you know, scratch the surface. Oh, geez. You know, I'm shocked that there was alligator. Oh, really? How shocked? And then you find out, you know, oh, by the way, 2018 isn't the only one. This happened in 2003. What? And there's another one now? So we're just going to have to wait and see. All right. We're out. That's it for episode 301 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. Got some great shows. Really good guests. He's interviewing John Biner later today. <laughs> John Biner. Thanks as well to our fabulous sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time online. Hope to see you out there. It's a great, great track. and You're going to really enjoy it. Boy, fall especially there is going to be beautiful. Colors are going to be changing soon. Not too long. Thanks to you for listening. I appreciate it. If you wrote a nice review or you shared this podcast or you liked it or whatever you need to do. And if you have to lie and tell people that it's the best podcast you've ever heard, I would appreciate that little white lie. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports next week. Until then, hold on for now.